Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Hey, Britt. Hey, Sam. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I just got off a call with a client um, and it was just a good meeting. You know, when you dial in with someone and they have great energy and they're just excited to be an entrepreneur, it was just a really good call, kind of a coaching call that I really enjoyed. I love that feeling when everything's kind of clicking and especially when they're getting towards the end of the process and decision making is starting. I think that's such an exciting time. It really is. And, you know, he mentioned something kind of cool to me. He actually had felt like he clicked in validation with another prospective franchisee in a different area of the country. And he reached out to that prospective franchisee and they just were picking each other's brains about, well, what manager would you put in place and where are you going to recruit this person from? And, you know, being excited about a call center and marketing strategy and just brainstorming. And he said, you know, this guy also is talking to this other guy. So we figure when we all buy, we'll kind of form a little, you know, friendship, if you will, and stay in touch with each other and just have monthly meetings and brainstorm. So it was really cool to see. I think that's such a reason to be part of a franchise or a partnership of some kind. You know, entrepreneurship is really lonely at times. And I think most people don't talk about that because when you're seeing people, you're seeing the banner success story and that's what they're all telling. Oh, we've had, you know, it's amazing and I have all these people. But I think a lot of times when you're the leader or the owner, everybody is working for you. And so you lack that camaraderie or somebody to bounce things off of the same way as when you have somebody in the same position. And that's what I think is so fantastic about franchising is you get the opportunity to work with people. Everybody's in the same situation you are. You all have protected territories. So you get the opportunity to share your best practices and also, honestly, your worst days because sometimes you just need to share that too. Absolutely. You do. You know, we love having our partnership to bounce ideas off of each other. And it's so cool to be in a franchise system because when you're a franchisee, you can build relationships with neighbors and share resources and co-op market. You can build friendships across the country like this client is doing, which is really fun to see. You go to annual conferences, you have regional meetings, you join different like groups together even, which is fun councils. So there's a lot of opportunity to build partnerships and relationships and franchising. And that camaraderie piece is so important. You and I are actually flying to Omaha tomorrow to spend time with a lot of our colleagues and just be able to get that camaraderie and brainstorm and, and see all of our friends will be really exciting. I'm not excited about my 6 a.m. flight. Omaha, not an easy place to get into from anywhere, but I am so pumped to see everybody. And it is true. You know, my dad always said, steel sharpens steel. So you really want to hang out with people that are smarter than you, that lift you up. And I'm just really excited to see our colleagues. And also, you know, one thing we tell all of our clients is that we vet brands and we really do dig into who the foundership team is, who's representing them more than just the numbers, because, you know, numbers are great, but it's not the whole picture. And so I'm really excited to get to see 
the people behind these brands this week. And, you know, you and I have made a new friend in franchising lately, Brittany. And just when you think that your roster is pretty stacked with amazing, smart, energetic women who just inspire the living daylights out of you, somebody goes, oh man, I've got this woman you need to meet. And I was like, all right. And I think that's just an amazing time to introduce our friend, Amy LeClerc. She is the co-founder of Sit Still Kids Franchising. Welcome, Amy. Hi, thanks for having me. We are so excited to have you today, and that was the perfect introduction. We just love building our network of great people and great brands, and it's just even better when you get another female leader. So thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. I would say the feeling is totally mutual. Thank you so much. You know, we've had the pleasure of learning more about your background, but we'd love if you share more about your background with our listeners. You've built a very impressive career in franchising. So just tell us more about yourself. Yeah. I mean, as it pertains to my career, I would say things really started in New York City. I moved to Manhattan I like to say the day I graduated college, which is probably a bit of an exaggeration, but not by much. Landed there with, you know, not a lot of money and not a clue as to what I would be doing, but spent the better part of 10 years building a career in media, magazines, fashion, beauty. I always say it's sort of like the devil wears Prada, but like not quite as fancy, but pretty darn close. Um, and, you know, walked away after 10 years with this really interesting toolkit that um, has served me really well. I mean, I, that was my 20s. I gave New York City my 20s and moved back to the Pacific Northwest um, right as I was turning 30 and sort of started then my franchising career somewhat by accident. Um, but I, I really do give New York credit every single day for allowing me to have the relationships that I have, the perspective that I have, just that sort of grit that I think a big city that toss, tosses and turns you gives, um, especially in formative years like your 20s. So um, franchising found me really sideways. I had just moved, like I said, back to the Pacific Northwest, Portland. Um, and started taking bar three classes. Uh, somewhat accidentally, I walked by the studio. It had just opened. I'm like, what's bar? I've always been into fitness and yoga and, you know, I, boutique fitness was just kind of becoming a thing and um, fell in love with the classes and found myself soon thereafter sitting next to the founders of bar three who had shared with me that they had visions of growing the concept they wanted to franchise it. My response was something along the lines of, well, don't do that because that's what McDonald's does and nobody wants to be the McDonald's of their category. And they really indulged that but said, no, franchising is actually quite incredible. They had had some experience in the fitness franchise world prior to founding Bar 3. And the best way to describe it is like strapping myself to a rocket ship because Pretty soon I'm selling franchises without a lot of um, experience in that regard. 
And, you know, I give Sadie and Chris Lincoln, the, the founders of R3, so much credit. They really just gave me um, a lot of autonomy and trusted me. And they were like, we know you don't know how to do this, but we know you can figure it out. And I did. We did collectively, a small group took that brand that, you know, at the time I was taking classes was like one location to well over 160 by the time I left about four years ago. So that's how I learned franchising, baptism by fire, um, you know, not super intentional, but in hearing, you know, you gals open today and talking about the community that is built in a franchise organization and the camaraderie I found myself like really nodding because you're absolutely right. And I learned that through building bar three with women specifically who wanted to become entrepreneurs and small business owners, but really gravitated towards the support and the community that franchising inherently provides. So I gained a real appreciation and respect for that through, um, the near decade that I spent at Bar 3. What a tremendous start. And really, you know, franchising finds everybody by accident, I think. It's not yeah. something, you're not going to grow up and be a franchisee. And most people have zero clue that people that sell franchises exist or people that are consultants to help you find franchises exist. It's kind of this underground community of people, certainly. And I think Brittany and I were so blown away the first time that we talked to you because we were like, she just intuitively was like, yeah, this is the process. And, you know, we've both been taught the franchise sales process and th these are the steps you should take. And this is the right way to do things. And you really just walked through exactly what we had been told to do, just intuitively figured it out for yourself. So I think that is absolutely a testament to you are exactly where you belong, certainly. Oh, that's um, really nice to hear. And I think it's what you just described is possible when you really connect to what you're doing and specifically to the brand you're representing. For 10 years, I lived and breathed Bar 3. Like I said, I started teaching classes. Like that, I, I, I was a client. I started teaching classes. I then end up working with the founders. I had this just inherent buy-in that was very authentic. And I think when you are the product or you really embody the product and the product values and the mission, the process sort of lays itself out a lot more intuitively to use your words. Like you're right. I had no experience and nobody around the table really knew what like the pathway to signing a franchise agreement should look like. And it certainly evolved over the years, but a lot didn't change because it was really all about people. It just came down to are they the right person for us? Are we the right organization for them? And there's probably a million different ways to get to that same answer. And I just got better at getting there faster. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a powerful message in and of itself. And now you've continued that trajectory. You're working with several emerging brands again, helping them with everything 
from branding to business development to identifying those ideal franchisees. So when you're looking for brands to partner with, what do you look for in those brands? It's a great question. And I think it's taken, you know, connecting with several founders over the years and studying the space and really using myself as my own muse. Um, And I think the best description of what I look for in an emerging brand or a concept that's looking to grow is a soul. Does this brand have soul? And that often is then followed by, well, who's the founder? Because I think that brands that have souls have really deep founders, people who connect to what they're doing or, or not even connect to what they're doing, but truly couldn't be doing anything else. Like they have found their calling. They are in their lane and they therefore need shepherding. They already are in integrity in what they're doing and just um, need somebody to show them the way as it pertains to growth. So I'm very, very specific around who I get excited to work with because for me, it's as easy as saying, is this a brand or a founder I personally would invest in? And if the answer is yes, well, good. We're off and running. And if the answer is no, well, we just move on. So um, it's been really interesting and super rewarding to meet specifically with female founders over the years who have, you know, crystallized some sort of business and want to grow it. Um, And through my experience with Bar 3 and the business I currently co-own, Sit Still Kids, I've really learned how to do that. Take it from one location, take it from, you know, an idea and put a plan in place that, um, you know, ideally puts locations all over the country. When we talk to clients about our process and how we vet brands, I think a lot of times executive level individuals immediately ask about the numbers. And I always say it's so much more than that. And a huge piece of it is you are going to be in a 10, 15 year franchise agreement with this brand. That is unfortunately longer than many marriages. Do you want to be married to these people for that long? Mm -hmm. It's so important that you get to know the culture, you know, the leadership team. And so I really like that you stress that in who you choose to partner with as well. Yeah. I, I, and numbers are important, of course, right? Like the business model has to work, but I often find that the concepts with the deepest soul, uh, have the strongest numbers, you know, the two are not mutually exclusive. They actually feed each other in a really um, beneficial way and important way. So strong brands are often strong businesses. Um, Not always the case, but often. That's a really good point. So you mentioned sit still briefly. And so tell us a little bit about that concept. How did you find your partner in sit still? What drew you in? Tell us a little bit more about that piece. Yeah. So sit still is a kid's hair salon concept that was born in Portland in 2007. 
So um, I often describe what we're doing as sort of a proven startup because the original business has been around for a really long time. Um, it is the brainchild of one of my business partners, Nouveau, who um, back at that time had twin baby girls. They were about two years old. And she was like, my girls have really thick hair that needs to be cut and there's nowhere to take them. Uh, and I'm going to solve for that. She has a background in retail and merchandising. She's got incredible taste. Like the best way to describe her is she's got the coolest taste. And her sister was going to beauty school at the time. It just sort of was born. We're going to open a really cool kid's salon. They had studied the industry somewhat, a little casually probably at the time and saw, gosh, there's really not that many places to take your kids. The options are slim. What does exist is underwhelming. And Sit Still was born. Um, she was in the market for many, many years before I even knew she, who she was. But similar to her, when my son, who's now 10, was about two, I, he woke up, I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, like your hair, we've got to deal with your hair. My husband for a year had been telling me, you've got to cut Blaze's hair. You like, what are we doing? He looks like, he's got like this like mullet, um, not a cool mullet, like a, a mullet that needs to be cut. So <laughs> I put a note out on Facebook to all my mom friends. I'm like, okay, I got to take my kid to get a haircut. Where do you do this? And it was like unanimous moms from all over town. A lot of them with like older kids sit still. You've got to drive to Westland, sleepy little suburb, sit still. It's the coolest. It's so cute. They give the best cuts. I mean, it was just like, and I tune into that. Like to me, that gets like a radar flashing. Okay, cool. We go have the most incredible experience. I mean, the way blaze was treated like it was his birthday i mean it's just that's the best way to describe it a huge celebration locative hair photo great cut meanwhile i'm shopping because there's retail i'm buying moroccan oil for myself a baby shower gift 150 dollars later i leave and i'm like that's a great business whoever's doing this i had no idea if it was a franchise no clue but it just clicked and stayed with me. You know, I, I, I thought about it a bit. I was like, that's a, if that's not a franchise, that's a great franchise. Filed it away, kept going there, brought blades for all of his cuts, have my daughter. She goes there for her first cut. It's still impressive. It's still so cute. The retails evolved. It's really relevant, trendy in the right way. Um, and it was about 2018 that I got a nudge from a girlfriend who said, hey, I've got a friend. She's got a kid's hair salon. She wants to franchise it. She has no idea what she's doing. Would you be interested in talking to her? And immediately I said, is it sit still? Yes, it sit still. So I go and I meet New, the founder, who at this point has been at it through seven, eight years, no longer, 10 years maybe. Um, and we meet and I just, I just know everything I said earlier about the soul and the founder and her vision. I just saw it. It was so obvious to me pretty much right away. 
And, you know, she, what I continue to just love and appreciate about New is she is very comfortable admitting what she doesn't know and what's new to her. And she said, I cannot do this alone. I've run a great business. My numbers are strong. I've been approached over the years to franchise, to license, you know, different broker groups. You know, she, people saw the potential, but it really took, I think, her connecting with myself and ultimately two other women from bar three who came along with me to do this to see, okay, here are some like-minded women who have a toolkit that I don't have. And collectively, we've got everything we need to do this. And that's exactly what happened. My two women from bar three who were more operational focused, we all left. We bought the business, the majority of the business from new and have been actively franchising modern day kids hair salons since 2018. What an amazing story. And just starting with the haircut and now this really trajectory into franchising and helping with the branding and just taking some of the team from bar three. And, you know, I think that's just such a testament to trusting your gut because you knew eight years ago, 10 years ago, that you had something incredibly special having your son in that seat, but to watch it evolve and then now get the opportunity to really grow throughout the United States and possibly beyond. That's, I mean, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it, you know, I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but like, this does not surprise me. Like our success and how resonant this is, is exactly what we all envisioned. We knew we're sitting on an incredible opportunity. There are millions of children under the age of 10, which is about where our attrition kicks in, um, who have hair and it grows and it needs to be cut and then it grows some more and it needs to be cut again. So like, brilliant business model. Um, And when we studied the industry at large, which was a big part of our due diligence, it was like, wow, nobody's really doing this. There are a handful of brands, um, no clear market leader. And, you know, I would say what we're doing is actually only become more relevant um, based on millennial parent behavior which is something we really look at, you know, what does today's parent value? What, what are they willing to invest in? And it's experience and it's investing in brands in which they see themselves for better or worse. We're Instagrammable. You walk into our salons and you think, where am I not taking a picture here? Cause it's also cute. Well, that's by design. That's intentional. That's the, that's news magic. And what we brought was this ability to synthesize that magic into something that um, is scalable. But, you know, it's a business that I love and coming from boutique fitness where, gosh, over 10 years, things got really competitive. Kind of overnight, you look around and it's like boutique fitness is everywhere, even bar everywhere. Kids' hair isn't a trend. This isn't a trend. 
There are things that we do within our salon that intentionally follow trends. Poppets are super hot. We sell a lot of poppets. So for the parents listening, you know what I'm talking about. Like we'll jump on that because it's a great business decision. But what we're doing at its core isn't going anywhere. It's not actually changing that much. And I was really attracted to that, um, you know, coming from such sort of a cutthroat uh, environment that boutique fitness just inevitably, inevitably became. So you have this brand that is differentiated in so many things, really a leader in its category. Aesthetically, the numbers are fantastic. You have a really great experience team behind it. What are you guys looking for? What is that ideal franchisee for Sit Still? Who are they? Mm -hmm. It's a great question. And um, we're learning certainly with every location that we have opened. Um, You know, what the what the profile is. It, you know, at the end of the day, and and this is what I learned at Bar Three, and it's just um, whether it's old habits die hard or this is like a really strong strategy. It's certainly people who see the opportunity and those people are often parents of young kids where the aha is just there. It's like, no, we're a modern day kids hair salon. And they're like, genius. Somebody that responds that way, like the conversation's going to move forward. Um, You know, a kid's franchise is people are either excited about that or they're going to run away from it as fast as they can. I'm sure you gals Um, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I would say just really um, resonating with the brand and the opportunity comes first and foremost. Uh, Certain marketplaces are really exciting to us. And I can say, you know, with Louisville and Nashville, Boise, Idaho, Brooklyn are all on our roster to open this year. Those are all markets we're really excited about. Um, It's really a brand that works anywhere, but I think there's certain markets where it just really is going to click quick. Um, So marketplace is important to us. But I think really like so many businesses, what I look for when I'm looking at a questionnaire and an intake and I'm talking to, to prospects is what sort of relevant experience do you have? At the end of the day, our owners are not cutting hair, right? They're not the product, which is great. It gives them um, a really nice sort of distance from the actual uh, service so that they can be more strategic. And I want to understand from my candidates, like, how do you deploy strategy? You know, what if, if you own a sit still in any city USA, like, what's your strategy? And a lot of our business is really around recruiting, training, and developing a team. Are you a good manager? Because that is what you're doing. Your role, you know, if I split it into is, I like to refer to it as sort of the art and the science. The science piece is your people. Are you a strong recruiter? You're always recruiting. You're building your team. Stylists, they do come and go. That's a, a piece of this. Management, front desk, are you a g- good leader? want to know that you're a good leader and um, I want, you know, demonstrative uh, examples of that. The art piece is who are you in the community? 
Are you a mom or dad that people trust that when you mention you're opening a sit still, they are like, where do I sign up? Get me an appointment. Do you have a hustle? Can you be out meeting with all the PTA groups and the soccer clubs and, you know, like-minded businesses? It's that marketing piece. Um, you know, by design, we do not spend a lot of money on marketing. Uh, our owners are our marketing. And our salons are our marketing, which means more does fall on the owner to be out in the world talking about her business. So, um, you know, all of that is taken into consideration when I'm talking to, to candidates. I like the piece you said about marketing a friend of ours who's a multi-unit franchisee for a brand. She calls it mom-to-mom marketing. And so how you reached out to this group and said, hey, where do you get your kid's haircut? I mean, that is so impactful because you tell a friend who tells a friend who tells a friend so that mom-to-mom marketing can be so impactful. 100%. We often will say our marketing is moms. It's moms. If we get mom buy-in, it's the most powerful driver for our business. She leaves, she puts us on Instagram, she texts five people. Oh my gosh, you've got to go to sit still. Book with Jessa. She was incredible. I mean, you know, it all is by design. It really is. It's all about the details. And we spent such ample time in the beginning looking at the current business and putting it to paper. How do we train on this? How do we scale this? What are the details that really matter here. And I think that's the beauty of a business model where, again, the product is somebody that comes to you with a degree in hand. She knows what she's doing. She knows how to cut hair. So our focus is surrounding that experience and evolving the stylist experience as well so that they can learn and grow within their position with us. So, um, you know, it is all by design and I would never say it's been easy, but it's all been very obvious. So you've talked a lot about your experience in franchising over the years. I have to ask you, what is your personal compelling reason for sticking in franchising? It's this unique little gem that a lot of people don't know, don't understand. It's this underground world. So what made you kind of stick with this? Why franchising? I think, like I said, you know, when I first, when it was first brought to me to be a part of the team that would franchise bar three. And I just, you know, my initial reaction was sort of like, well, why? Like, aren't there other ways? And I just didn't know anything. And I think throughout the years, um, it, what I think I have made my own personal commitment and mission is to continue to guide and lead cool brands into the franchise space. I think if you talk to the average person and said, well, do you think cool concepts franchise? They would probably say no. Um, I think that's a misnomer that, you know, once you become a franchise, you sort of lose your soul. You become kind of corporate or templated or it's all the same, or you don't know who the owner is, or, you know, I've heard all of this throughout the years. And I, I learned again, somewhat by accident that it doesn't have to be that way. And that, 
is what has really resonated with me is that there's a huge opportunity for, you know, if we want to use the buzzword disruptive or, um, you know, sort of uh, business leaders and business concepts that are challenging the status quo. I'm into that. I like that. I like working with founders who have a vision of doing things differently, um, you know, have a strong mission, are values driven, all of that I, really gets me going. And I think there's a huge opportunity to lead business owners, founders into the franchise space where they don't have to lose their soul. You know, they actually can get even more clear um, through the exercise of franchising. So I like the idea of sort of doing it my own way with leaders who resonate with my specific approach to franchising, which is pretty unorthodox. Everybody thinks that franchising is McDonald's, right? And when you when you hear franchising, I hear McDonald's, Chick-fil-A. But the thing I always tell people is you go to a strip center, nine times out of 10, 90% of what's in that strip center is a franchise. And those are small business owners that you're pouring money into for their families. So it is such a really cool place. And you're right. You know, franchising doesn't have to give up that heart and soul of what makes that brand so beautiful and so unique. You've shared so much good information today, but I want you to leave us with what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? I think the best, whether it's advice or just sort of a sentiment that's really stuck with me is that leaps are always worth it. This idea of taking risk, you learn so much. You just, you do. And it doesn't always, what's on the other side might not be what you thought it was going to be. And that's okay. But I'm really big on taking the risk, learning, challenging yourself, um, seeing yourself in you know a, a new light. And I think franchising is actually the perfect environment for that because it does allow people to take the risk, take the leap with this sort of safety net of a franchisor and a, a, a system and a support unit behind you. But yeah, I'm a big go for it, make it happen type person. And so that has always stuck with me. Leaps are worth it. I think you have to have that to be an entrepreneur. If you're not willing to take risks, it's going to be hard to become an entrepreneur. So that's great advice. Well, we really appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much for sharing more about your background and about Sit Still. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Great to see you gals. Thank you. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting, or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm -hmm.